Yo, what's up, Real Champs podcast listeners and all the Real Madrid fans around the world. Mushtaq, Hassan, we're back for another podcast. Last time we spoke, we had just gotten through a bit of the preseason. Since then, Real Madrid's played two more games, and both of them were in the Audi Cup. One was a 1-0 loss against Tottenham, and then the other was a 5-3 win against Fernabache. Uh Let's dissect the first game first, then we'll move on to the second, and then some transfer rumor stuff. What did you think of the game against Tottenham? It was, uh, it was quite 50-50. I mean, it took them a while to get going. They were just really slow getting into it. But I think lineup is obviously not, not quite there. So it was, it was quite a laboured performance. Uh, Navas pretty much saved us from losing, well, shipping at least four, four goals, I'd say. But yeah, other than that, it's, kind of, it's a hard one to dissect, really, because like, with the pieces on show, you know that's not going to be the definitive finished article. But... Um, yeah, man, it wasn't the greatest result. I mean, obviously, Marcelo made the mistake leading to the goal, which is just, it was so amateurish. Ball was going out for a throw, and he decided to chase it and then pass it back when Harry Kane was closing down. I was like, you just, that's not someone who's won, you know, numerous Champions Leagues in the last few years. That's not the sort of mistake you'd make at that level. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that was just a one off, and that's not going to be a sign. Odd because, like, in the games before, he looked a lot sharper. I mean, he'd still made mistakes, no doubt. But he still seems sharper. But sometimes I feel like there's a real, like, laissez-faire attitude in the way he plays. Like, he just thinks he's on the training ground. And I get it's, like, the Brazilian flair that he has. You know, like, the techers, the skills, the dribbles, all that stuff. But sometimes, like, it's a bit much, man. Like, like you said, that play, there was no need to try and keep the ball. Like, it's not like it was the, you know, 87th minute and you're giving away a fruit, you know, I almost said a free throw, a throw in. <laughs> Uh, in your own half, like it, it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, make sense to me. But again, following what you said, it did seem very fifty-fifty. I don't think one team was necessarily better than the other. I think it was, I don't know. At least the way I saw it, it was pretty even. Like possession was fifty-three percent in favor for Tottenham. Passes they had five hundred nineteen. We had four hundred sixty-two. They passed with eighty-nine percent accuracy. We passed with eighty-eight. They had 13 fouls. We had 12. So it was like, it wasn't a huge difference. We both had eight corners. So it was like a hard pill to swallow because it was such a shitty mistake. And I think had we won that game, gone to the Audi Cup final, and, you know, suppose we won it, I think that would have been like a great way to spark the team and maybe propel us further as we like get ready to start the La Liga season. Yeah, definitely, man. Again, it was just, it just wasn't. It wasn't a great game to spectate anyway. So it was just. It was quite a boring game. There's no way, no way of covering it. It was just. It was drab. But we generated chances. They just weren't that clean. The Tottenham were the same. They generated chances. Probably cleaner than Madrid's. But again, there was nothing really to take away from that performance. Really, other than that, the Cruz and Modric double pivot should never be played again. But um, I don't think it will be. I think that's just because there's probably play, there's because there's players missing. Really, other than that. Yeah, not much to take away from that one. Well, after that game, Zinedine Zidane, I believe it was after that game, he said that Real Madrid need to win just one game to kind of light the spark and set the flame under uh, the Real Madrid team. Finally, it did happen. I think it was six losses in a row because we played the Copa at the end of last season against Barca, which we lost, then Real Madrid-Ajax, which we lost, then we had the Bayern game, 
Madrid game. We finished off the La Liga season. Not so great. Anyway, I think it was six losses in a row. But yeah, a 5-3 game. Still, it's an eight-goal game. It was super sloppy. And if you look at the time in which Madrid scored to the time Fernabachi would come back, it was kind of like, what the hell at some points? Like, it's a little too close for comfort. I mean, Fernabachi scored their third goal in the 59th minute, and then Nacho scores the fourth goal in the 62nd minute. So it's like, you can't just take your foot off the gas defensively just because you're, you know, having breakthroughs on offense. Yeah, it's just it's been the story across the preseason. Really, just it's not been the greatest run. But again, it just I I don't see how how people are sort of correlating that it's going to be telling of how the season runs. It just, it just, that that just frustrates me massively because it just it doesn't show anything at all in terms of how the season's going to run. But yeah, that's that's another debate for another day. Well, I I have to second it really quickly, even though you did say it's a debate for another day, but it. It doesn't make sense because someone had done a cool tweet um, a couple of weeks ago where they looked at Madrid's preseason in the International Champions Cup. Last season, we won all three games. We won nothing. The three seasons before, we had a losing run at the ICC, and we ended up winning Champions League three years in a row. So, like you said, it doesn't. it's not the greatest indicator, in my opinion, as to how this team is going to work. I mean... Zinedine Zidane makes substitutions like Javi Sanchez in, like, the 50th minute. Like, there's no way that kid's going to play in the season. And it's not because he's shit or anything or, like, he's not a good player. It's just that there's other guys way ahead of the pecking order than he is. So, there's a little bit too much criticism. I think if you're going to criticize guys like Marcelo and Nacho, like, okay, it's understandable. But then to just... I don't know, predicate this whole season off of 270 minutes, 360 minutes. I don't know. doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, it's stupid, man. It really is. But I guess however people want to interpret it is how they want to interpret it. It's just how I leave it now because people get too heated over this sort of stuff. It's because, it just becomes super reactionary. Like People call him for Zidane's head already. It's just, I don't even know what to say. I genuinely don't even know what to say. It is odd. People are saying, you know, when's Zidane going to return uh sorry quit people are saying he's fed up with the team people are saying that he's going to be gone by christmas bleacher reports always putting out their nonsense that makes absolutely no sense um but anyway let's move forward real madrid's next game will be in two days they'll play red bull something i forgot what they're called salzburg or leipzig it's gonna be one of the two (laughs) yeah anyway it's a bundesliga team and they're playing in germany so they'll be traveling probably tomorrow because I think they came back to Madrid. I'm pretty sure they did. Yep, they did. They are currently back in there. Cool. They're back. And then four days after that, they'll play Roma in the final friendly fixture uh, before the opening match, which will be six days after that, on August 17th, against Celta Vigo. But before we get there, because it's a long way ahead of us, there's a lot of conundrum, confusion, chaos, mayhem, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of the park, uh, middle third, the most important piece of the pitch where games are won and lost. Currently, Madrid have several great options. Of course, we send Danny Ceballos to Arsenal for a loan for one season. Um, but yeah, things are looking a bit weird. James Rodriguez was supposed to stay, and according to outlets today, 
he may not be staying. In recent days, we've had Van de Beek from Ajax become a bit of a hot topic once again. It's kind of rumored early in the transfer window, but kind of died out. And this whole Paul Pogba thing, I'm so fed up of talking about it, I'll let you talk about it. Oh, God, the Pogba thing's just getting frustrating <laughs> by this point. It's like one day it's on, one day it's off. It's just like consistent rolling like that. But um, Van der Beek's obviously looks pretty much all but done. I think they've just got to agree the fee last I read. But yeah, the Pogba situation is, I think it's going to come down to a case of whether they can put up enough money for United just to say, yeah, we'll take it. And if United get us a uh, adequate replacement in, which they're looking at Bruno Fernandes or uh, Serg Malinkovic-Savic, um, looking at it, they're going for Fernandes, which is a good move. Um, but chain of events recently that I found interesting was Pogba recently pulling out of the game against AC Milan due to alleged back issues. Um, yeah. Then he posted on Instagram saying there's no summer in Manchester before then promptly deleting it. Um, and then suddenly Madrid were linked with interest in Bruno Fernandes only for them United to up their bid for Fernandes. And then it's all gone quiet again. So currently that's where it stands. Um but yeah, it's 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 just weird, man. I, I think they'll do it eventually, but it's going to take some time. I don't expect it to be done before the Premier League clubs' uh, window of being able to buy players shots. I think it'll be done after that. Because as soon as United got Fernandez or whoever they're going to replace him with in the club, then that's when it should roll. But it's also coming down to how much Madrid would have paid. Like I think United have asked for. Uh, 180 million to 200 million, something around that figure, and Madrid don't want to pay that. I don't want which, to pay that. Even yeah, I don't think most we... people don't want to pay that. It's a silly amount of money. Um, I'd say at most he's worth 150 at best, um, because I've read his wage packet over five years would cost 100 million on top of that. So that's that's already an expensive operation. Obviously, they still got a clearer player or two out as well, I think, unless they manage to get a deal where they can pay off in instalments, similar to how Delict was purchased by Juventus. Um, so, yeah, that's that's currently where it stands. At the moment, basically, no significant movements. But Okay, follow-up question one. Uh, would you, like, do you want him to come? And two, do you honestly think if he did, he'd be a good fit and who would have to leave for him to get here? Um, so in terms of who would have to leave him to get there, obviously the, the easy answer for that would be Bale because he takes up the biggest wage currently uh, and his future pretty, looks, pretty much looks uncertain anyway. I mean, it'd be pretty embarrassing now if Madrid kept him, both for him himself and for Zidane because obviously Zidane called him out in the press, made that big sort of drama show between the two of them and then he just doesn't leave. Um, and it'll just it'll make Bale's integrity look really crap as well because... He'll just essentially look like someone that's been dissed and literally just just shat on, basically. Um, and he's just going to sit there, take it, and stay and sit on the bench. That's literally what will happen if he stays. He'll sit on the bench, I reckon. In terms of um, do I want him to come, on a player basis and obviously his performances, he's obviously a very good player. And I think he would bring a really good addition to that midfield that needs a boost. Um so, yeah, he definitely bring goals and assists in that midfield, which is really lacking at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him on that basis. Obviously, all that comes with him is his attitude, his agent, all the drama alongside that. So, there's obviously pros and cons to the deal, but he's a talented player. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. 
Well, I personally hope he doesn't come because I think it's an absurd amount of money. Uh, like you said, I don't think he's worth more than over 150. And if we pay for more than 150, I think it'll be a stupid move. Perez has been really stingy, but also really smart with money. As we've seen with him being president, he's made some incredible steals for us. I don't know. I don't see him coughing up that kind of cash for him. That being said, I would rather just not purchase him. Just continuing off my point, I'd rather not purchase him and just keep that money aside for Mbappe Project 2021 or whatever it is. Because that's the kind of money I wouldn't mind throwing for that kid. Because 2021, he'll be 20 or 21 years old, whatever it is. Uh, By that point, he's got another at least five to seven top, top years. And then after that, another three to four good years. So I think even for 180, even if it's 200, I know it sounds ridiculous, but if you're going to get a guy who can give you great output for 10 years, I'd totally be down for it. I think it it would kind of be like a modern-day Ronaldo um, a modern day Ronaldo purchase, and that yeah, it would be, and he would be here for Ronaldo was with Real Madrid for nine years. He could come to Real Madrid and, or he would go to Real Madrid and he would have that kind of output where he could be like the X factor. I think that's one thing we're lacking right now. And I'm not saying Eden Hazard couldn't do it, but you always have to think a couple of years ahead in the future as well. Yeah, exactly. But I think Mbappe's going to cost a considerable more amount than uh, probably. Look, I reckon you're looking at least double for what uh, what he's going to be worth. You're probably looking at transfer dealing close to three hundred million. All in all, I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, I wish I was, but yeah, that's literally what it's going to cost. Which makes the fact that they didn't sign him when he joined PSG even more frustrating. But um, yeah, that's going to be an expensive operation in itself, man. But. It wouldn't surprise me if they go for both. I honestly wouldn't get, be surprised if they get Pogba this summer and Mbappe next summer or the summer after. really wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, the Eden Hazard whole thing, he hasn't scored yet. People are giving a lot of giving him a lot of flack for it. Do you think it's warranted, though? No. It's pre-season. It doesn't mean anything at all. Um, if anything, against uh, Fernabacho, he showed some absolutely wondrously good moments. Uh, he's still getting used to it, man. He's still obviously finding his optimum physique. I know a lot of people are out there fat-shaming him, which is wrong. Um, but yeah, he's still finding his feet at the end of the day. He's only played, you know, five, six games with the club. Um, you don't just adapt and start scoring straight off the bat. And plus, he's not an out-and-out scorer like that anyways. He's more of a creator at first than he is a scorer. Um, but you can guarantee he's definitely going to get... You know, once he gets going, he's gonna be pretty unstoppable from what you already have seen of him. Um, some of the link ups he did against Fernabacho were just I was just screaming at my TV like, oh my god. <laughs> I think once that link up finally gets sorted out, I think I, I think the sparks are flying right now, but like once that connection's truly made and Zidane and ha- I mean Benzema and Hazard truly mend with one another and they like really mesh, I think that's when we'll see the real brilliance and like you said, he showed really great flashes of individual moments. Um, but I think once everything kind of gels and then there's numbers that can be put alongside his name on the table in terms of assists and goals and chances created, I think that is when the average person will finally appreciate Eden and not give him as much flack as he's been getting. And just to touch on the fat shaming thing, if you're fat shaming a professional athlete 
at Real Madrid or any top <laughs> in the world at any sport, go take a look in the mirror. Think of how absolutely ridiculous you're being and try and finish a workout that these guys do in a week. And I guarantee you, you won't be able to keep up as difficult, super, super difficult. Those guys are fit. As fat as you may think they look, they're super fit. Yeah, exactly. Just people need to just stick to what they know. And obviously, they don't know anything about football in the way of fitness. So, leaving to it at the end of the day, it's just a few people on social media that are doing it. I doubt anybody seriously outright says it. Just people looking for retweets and likes on Twitter, basically. Moving on to another guy that you wrote an incredible article about that I read. Um, it was pretty good. Can't lie. You got a bit of love on Twitter, and rightfully so. And if you haven't seen it, Austin, maybe you should pin it to your profile. I don't know if you have. Uh, yeah, I've already pinned it. Um, All right. So myself. <laughs> you don't even have to scroll through anything to go find it and read it and take a look at it. It's actually it's genuinely a really good one. It's filled with great stats that really prove the points that you made. But all that is fine and dandy. What's important right now, though, is will he actually stay and will those numbers that you researched actually follow the pattern that you projected? Yeah, I'm confident if he was to be given the chance, they definitely uh, would be shown physically in front of you or on the TV screen. Um, I think he will stay. Though. Look, like I've seen videos of like Marcelo and stuff like showing, you know, sort of squad bonding moments and stuff. I wouldn't imagine. And plus, if you compare it to the case of Bale, who's also been dumped on Zidane's unwanted list, he's like training in the gym and he's training alone, generally speaking. Um, whereas Hamas is, you know, being shared across throughout social media, he's training with the group. Um, I genuinely do think he is staying uh, for that, not just that reason, but also in terms of actual sort of people who will pay what Madrid are asking for him. I can't think of anybody logistically. Uh, Napoli can't afford well they say they can't afford it uh, they're absolutely full of it they're just trying to be penny pinchers um, they could definitely afford it but they don't want to cough up they don't want to sell any more to Atletico Madrid and why the hell would you when they just basically were beating 7-3 beating on a, yeah okay it might have been pre-season but it was still embarrassing I mean why would you want to sell them another player when you already made possibly one of the biggest mistakes in the last yeah. years in terms of selling a player Bar Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. You just you just Sorry, don't sell players at that level. It just gets me a little hyped up. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. But again, like you just, if you don't sell players of that level to a rival like that, um, it, it's just it's asking to bite you on the ass. So I I do think he'll stay this this season. I think he will absolutely smash it if he's given a fair amount of minutes and obviously you know keeps himself fit and stuff. Because at the end of the day, like the numbers he puts out are genuinely startling. Even in seasons where he's had, you know, lesser minutes due to injuries, or last season, obviously when he was sort of butting heads with Nico Kovac, he was still putting out outrageous numbers. Um, and at Madrid, he's, his numbers at Madrid are stupendously good as well. He's one of the few players in the squad that averages nearly a goal or an assist, you know, every game. Um, creates four chances per ninety, all that sort of lovely stuff that nobody in midfield is generating, nobody is at all. I mean, I know it goes up positive this summer in preseason and whatnot, but he's not going to put out that kind of level of output consistently. Like, it goes good for other stuff, but when it comes to scoring goals, he's or creating them per se, he's not on the same level as Hamas is. Vasquez definitely isn't going to do it. 
Um, Modric seems to be slowing down, so I don't expect him to do it. Cruz has never been that kind of create the final pass. He usually starts it. Um, and Vinicius will see how he does across the season um, and if he's used on the right-hand side. But Hammers could play as a camera on the right-hand side. Wherever you want to use him, he's useful. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to remain. You saw the words out of my mouth earlier when you talked about his output and all that stuff. But I think one, just adding to your point, another thing that's really incredible is the fact that he's had this kind of output in several stages of his career. I mean, he got really big when he was with Monaco in Ligue 1, and he had great numbers there. He came to Real Madrid, and like you said, the relationship wasn't the greatest with Zidane. Struggled for minutes at times, but still had a great output. And then he went to Bayern Munich, where he's been for the last couple of seasons. Again, but it has with Niko Kovac, just like you said. But still, like the output is there. And I think that's one thing that kind of, you know, further puts him a step ahead of Isco. As much as I love Isco, is that the kid's done it in three different leagues now over the course of his career. And he's also a staple for his national team, Colombia. So, yeah, he was very good at the Copa America as well. I think he led the, led the line for a, a number of different stats in terms of chances created, chance, uh, dribbles completed, long balls played, assists and all that sort of stuff. Like He was outrageously good for Colombia until they obviously got knocked out of the Copa. But, and look how they struggled without him at the World Cup last, last year as well when he missed a couple of games. He, they struggled badly. I think if Real Madrid sell him or send him away, on top of getting rid of Llorente... And this whole Pogba fiasco, probably not going to happen. At least I don't think it's going to happen. Sure, Van der Beek would be a great addition. But I feel like if you have more tools in the shed to use, like, good on you. I, I don't see anything. Yeah, it makes all it, the sense in the world. And it won't cost you anything. That's the best part. Hammers won't cost you anything. But Exactly. He's literally a player already. And, you know, again, I feel like I just echo everything you say, but you already mentioned. <laughs> You know, the, the way that he's so easily bonding with Marcelo and Kareem Benzema. And you've seen it. Even when he was on loan, you would always see fan accounts posting the way these guys would comment on one another's Instagram pictures or shout one another out on their birthdays. Like, there's chemistry off the pitch. There's most certainly the chemistry on the pitch is still there. And I think it could be a very, very vicious one. So I, I definitely want him to stay. I think he will stay. And if he does, definitely buying a Hamas Rodriguez jersey. Yeah, time. I'm with you on that. I'm hoping he gets a good number, though. If he gets an ugly number, I'm going to be quite upset. I I think he'll get 23 if he's uh, 23 or 24. Yeah, I can roll with 23 or 24 there. Okay. I reckon Hazard will probably get 23 and then he'll probably get 24. Uh, true. That makes sense to me. If Bill somehow leaves, then Hazard would get 11. And. Mm. Well, whatever. That's a whole other topic and so many hypotheticals. Uh, there's still a bit of time before the numbers have to be finalized. Anyway, uh, anything else to add? Um, other than those final two preseason games, nothing else. Really, cause the we, transfer window is obviously coming to a close. This is a tightly yeah. packed podcast. 23 minutes of just raw content and everything you could possibly need to know. Yeah, who, who can complain with that? Nobody. Yeah. You know what? I think it was a great time. We'll, uh, we'll cut it off here. We will do another podcast after these two games happen. Again, Madrid versus Red Bull in Germany. Uh, that's happening in two days, day after tomorrow, August 7th. And then four days after that, on the 11th, it's going to be Real Madrid versus Roma. 
at the Stadio Olimpico. So after those two games are done, Hassan and I back on the pod podcast, and we'll do another analysis paralysis. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, enjoy your week or you know whatever your train ride doesn't really matter what you're doing. But I hope you have a good day. And yeah, as always, hello Madrid.